Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc, and streaming live on facebook.com slash secretsofthesire and youtube.com slash secretsofthesire. Tonight's episode, Into the Spider-Verse Oscar Reactions, Fabian Nicieza in studio, co-creator of Deadpool, and... We're going to bring up the great Cyclops debate. As always, I'm your host, Michael Dolce, and joined by my cohort in crime, Mr. Hassan Godwin. How you doing, sir? I'm awake. You're awake. <laughs> that's good. I'm and wide th- awake. That's it. And now we'll introduce to the world the great F- Fabian Nicieza, co-creator of Deadpool. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well. All right. Now, did you, uh, did you tap the... Uh, did you watch the Oscars? Did you... Did you digest the Oscars? Did you love the Oscars? Uh, I did not watch the Oscars. I generally don't anymore, yeah. uh, but I watch all the highlights afterwards. So, yeah. like, on Monday, I just look through all the clips. I always see who wins. I Usually, like, I wait 11.30, quarter to 12. Has the damn show ended yet? Have they posted the winners yet? Um, so that's what that, that, that's what I do. I feel like it's 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 like a sports sporting event now, right? You can just catch the highlights think, after. Yeah, yeah I think it's the most become, part. yeah, a little bit too much of that. Um, <laughs> more than the actual movies themselves, which most yeah. people haven't even scene Hassan big Oscar guy or no no <laughs> that's not surprising right no I only watched it because uh, you told me I had to this is basically that was, that was <laughs> that's kind of how it works yeah how, how was it without a host what was that like uh, actually it was really really good uh, that's what I've felt, heard that it felt really fast first they, first they had a musical opener which was awesome they had Queen we with Adam Lambert we used to do that in the old days um, used to have big... well they used to have a musical opener but it would be it like would be starring Rob, Rob Lowe or something right it was like <laughs> starring the host or something right and and in this case uh, they just had Queen come out and play a whole bunch of medley, you know, play a medley of all their hits and well, that's nice. and lead right into it. And so now they're like, well, every week we better have like, uh, sorry, every year we better have like a musical um, movie like Bohemian Rhapsody uh, up for for, for oh, nomination. You, you mean the you mean the show that that showcases and celebrates all entertainment, all mm-hmm. high art that we have in our society? You mean they're they're thinking finally that they should actually put on a show themselves? Uh, to they, showcase they the shows, do no, but they it's don't. Just not That's very why I stopped watching. Usually, that. Yes. Yeah, but you know, it's a killer. It's a killer job to have to produce that because think of the think of the audience spread that you're trying to appeal to from a from a demographic standpoint. You got to appeal to 65 year old moms in Indiana and, yeah. and cool guys like you, Hassan. It's <laughs> oh, wow. really it's really hard to <laughs> yeah. do that. And you're just appealing. saying that because of the sunglasses. I mean, that's that's very. You know. <laughs> He's just saying that because it's not true. That's, that's, how, <laughs> that's a, But <laughs> that's that sarcasm I touted. Now, Hassan, you got mad at me because I I, um, I stretched the truth a little bit when I market lot, our shows. A lot, quite a bit. lie. But I did <laughs> promise a gasoline can full of sarcasm tonight because uh, we have our guest in the studio. I figured there, I figured that was... I'm rolling with it. You know, I'm, I got my I got my big uh, big boy shoes on. Well, I'm I know, ready. I know you I'm can roll with it. it. You're usually like the one like pushing the, the boulder down no. the hill if you're... No, you know. I'm the one with the straightforward commentary, oh, man. Okay. I'm, the, I'm the good one. I'm the one everyone likes. So last week, last week we, uh, that's not true at all. So last week, totally true. we made some predictions. I think they were all wrong. Um, really? I, yeah. Yeah. I said Roma. I, I Yeah. And I, I actually totally thought, I actually thought there was going to be a Black Panther, yeah, like I, surprise I win. Gonna, no, no. That I really, gonna, that was I, never going to happen. I, never. It, it, it was never going to happen. Being a no. Nick and a Jet fan, there's always that sneaking, no, no. like, you it, know. It's just an honor to be nominated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're lucky you got into the Spider-Verse because of the, the... That was like a shoe, and that was tracking no. so well, the, high. It wasn't the a shoe again. No, it was the, tracking the Incredibles, so high. The Incredibles yeah. could have taken it. could have done an upset. It but, totally, because it was a Disney choice. It was. It was I, uh, I heard Isle of higher, Dogs. I, I heard that dogs. one also. That would have been the underdog. That would have snuck in. Ooh, yeah. The Isle of Dogs the underdog. So I mean, like uh, Into the Spider Verse was almost the obvious choice because it was a kind of it was an outlier, came out of nowhere. It was a runaway hit, yeah. you know, almost immediately. It was almost unanimously loved by all of fandom, which is never happens, right? So usually they don't pander like that, and and I don't mean to say that the win was a pander, but usually the, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, well, you know, we lost the World Series after nine eleven. Like the universe doesn't always work right. the way it's supposed <laughs> right. to. This is true, actually. Um, so it, 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 you know, but the fact that it did, I think they, I think we got that because we didn't get Black Panther. Yeah. So yeah, it was. No, I don't. The, the people who the people who are doing the voting aren't often parsing it out that way. They're not think. doing anything. If you, I if don't you know. Watch. Some, sometimes, sometimes you get the feeling though that when they're doing the voting, they really do look at it because, like, how come the best director doesn't always win Best Picture? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's because there's, sometimes the the Best Picture isn't 
you know, done by the best director. No, I, I understand, but there's sometimes you get this feeling that they're kind of sitting there going, well, I want to reward both of these people but that, that made these. So I'll reward you wait, with the though. best picture and you with the best director. Has anybody like that ever kind of wondered, thing. like you said, though, how does, a, how does a director win best director if his picture doesn't win best picture? How can you be a best director? Well, because the uh, you can you can vote for someone for the directing job they do, and and the screenplay or the acting may not have been as good as another picture. I, this year was a perfect example. I think I think Quaron is a fantastic director, and I think he did a fantastic job directing Roma. But I couldn't stand the damn movie. <laughs> I, I hated the movie. And it should have definitely won. So if it had won Best Picture, I would have thrown my TV out the window. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't care. But but yeah. Fabian's got through a lot of the TVs fact that he got, in his the time. Fact that he won director didn't bother me at all because it was a gorgeously directed movie. I didn't even. I haven't. That's the only one of of all of them I didn't see, and I oh. really wanted to see it before the before the the show, and I just couldn't. I, I, I was, couldn't do it. Uh, you know the other. So it was too omnipresent. Like every yeah. time I everyone every time I went on any social media platform, I got hit with a, a Roma ad, which is why I was. I thought it was a shoe in because sure. they spent. They had to have spent yeah, like we, we 30, 30 week, million we, dollars like all advertising the, no, that movie. All those movies last uh, we we talked about last week. Uh, they spent anywhere between twenty five and thirty million. It was every movie was was with the exception of Star is Born. Actually, they said that was the weakest in terms of budget spent to try to get the the vote because they knew they had no chance in hell. <laughs> you know, <laughs> still haven't I seen that. I, yeah, I saw I saw the beginning of that. I still haven't watched. I wasn't I wasn't not interested in it. I just haven't had the, the chance to sit down and finish it. I up. recommend you watch the clip of them singing "Shallow." And then you're pretty much done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The whole movie. That's pretty much it. For me, honestly, the movie could have ended right then and there. <laughs> and it would have been a great short feature film. It would have been great. It could have been nominated as best short. It would have been perfect. It goes through that the kind of cookie cutter. That was TV number 269 for, uh, for Fabian when he watched that. It goes through the motion, <laughs> doesn't it? Like the cookie cutter storytelling motion of like, you know, person well, it's, finds. Well, it's like a third remake. Person finds yeah. under, underling, yeah. you know, underling over, outshines person who finds them. And then they, you know, they reconcile towards the end. I mean, I, and I haven't seen it. I'm not spoiled. Spoiling it, but no, you uh, are, and, and and but it's okay. But I'm just, I'm asking. Is but it, okay. it just goes through that mode, just it, like because like Queen does that. So the Bohemian Rhapsody goes through that heavily, and I mean at the expense of history, mm-hmm. of genuine history. Yeah. yeah. Um. And the the only problem is with uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is I was so. I was so into Queen. I, I so know the Queen history mm-hmm. that even though it, it had this really feel good ending and really strong like uh, um, narrative, yeah. this, this you know this this rise and fall and rise again narrative, it it was like this hurts because I know none of this. Is, <laughs> I know I know this story. Right. So it was. I I'm happy. One, I'm happy. Freddie Mercury is on everyone's mind again. For, yeah. You know for the for this you know duration uh i i like remy malik because i you know mr robot and some of the other stuff that he's done so i'm happy for him i think he did a great job i don't know if that's a great movie i don't think it was that great a movie um but uh it what it did to history was it was one of the more egregious ones because i know everything with like the king's speech didn't happen like that right and there was no music playing while he was making his speech and you know <laughs> there wasn't uh, no no and, Spoiler. And, and, yeah. <laughs> so i'm just i know i know there's these... no music playing when john travolta strutted down the street yeah. in saturday night fever either <laughs> music just, gets added on to the movie no i'm just saying i know Whoa, for a fact that, that these these little historical don't, don't break our show, Fabian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 159 episodes in. <laughs> 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 Twelve feet that's tripping over. That's all why he wires. only calls in. That's why we have him <laughs> calling because he breaks things. So uh, <laughs> there were two. There were two big stories for the Oscars, and then we'll, we'll go to commercial break and we'll talk about the comic book ramifications of Black Panther and Spider Verse. But the two big stories were Green Book, Green Book winning first of all, mm. uh, and the second one was Spike Lee's reaction to Green Book winning, mm. uh, which, uh, as a Nick fan, I kind of get because he's like that at Nick games when and he even said afterwards he's like I thought the ref made a bad call he's emotional but as a Nick fan too it makes total sense he must be delusional because there was no there was never any article written that said Black Klansman had a chance of winning best picture I don't think he was upset because Black Klansman didn't win best picture he was upset that Green Book won. he was upset that Green Book won best picture because he he had a pretty funny line something Mm -hmm. like something like um uh, I never have a good year when someone's driving yeah, somebody. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he lost to driving Miss Daisy. Yeah, 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 he lost uh, to do uh, the right thing to uh, that uh, as well. And, I, and I, I get I get aspects of the, the, the backlash against Green Book. Right. It, it is a very trite, feel-good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, and I don't. We were talking about it at the office a couple of days ago, and it's less of a, a white savior movie to me, quite frankly. Uh, African American guy hires a white guy to be his bodyguard. White guy acts as his bodyguard. <laughs> Where's the white savior complex? <laughs> the guy's getting hired to do his yeah. job, and he's doing it. The actual arc of the movie is white guy throws a glass out in his kitchen because two two african-american workers are there in his house drink from his glass and he throws it out and that same guy at the end of the movie invites this guy to his house for dinner on christmas eve um there's an arc that should be talked about a little bit more than he rescued him in a bar when he was about to get beat up right yeah the movie's a trite feel-good movie but i don't think those are the things that you can be you should be criticizing you know yeah Mm. as a white man hassan what do you think Hmm. I'm, I'm tan. <laughs> I'm tan, by the way. So. <laughs> I, I think they. I, I kind of agree uh, in the sense that uh, maybe he shouldn't have behaved in that manner. You know, it's a, it's kind of a bad look, and I'm all about like the optics of it. Like, oh, come on, man. That, that you would have been able to make your statement a lot better if you had just made a statement sure. instead of you know throwing chairs around and and, and punching uh, Julia Roberts on the way out. But um. I think uh, I think the point was that it's another one of these movies that looks at race through the eyes of a white man, mm-hmm. and so that's that's what. The, and Black Klansman certainly wasn't that. No, movie. absolutely. And so not. they always they always pick the safe choice. It's like mm-hmm. you know, that was the safe choice by far. <laughs> but that's the, that's the funny thing though. Again, so there's two separate there's two separate arguments. Should Green was Green Book the best picture? Uh, you know, I would none actually kind of sit there and like, say none of, none probably of not. <laughs> Having seen, I think almost all of them, none of them were. Brave the best picture I, I do me. agree with that as Brave well. Brave Heart wasn't the best picture. You oh, know, Brave like, Heart was so amazing. Well, neither was uh, Gladiator the best picture. No, I didn't know? think Gladiator should have won best picture. But Gladiator was kind of almost like a comic book win, right? Like that was like Black Panther winning because well, so was Braveheart. You know, yeah, it really wasn't the best picture that year. It was a great picture. Yeah, you know, I didn't like the ending, but it was a great picture. He should have won. <laughs> yeah, he should have become king of England. <laughs> That's how I felt. There was music playing. When, when, when that, when he, yeah, there was had no problems with that history <laughs> no, being rewritten. That would have been, been okay to you because you didn't know about uh, the yeah, history I in advance. Wasn't there. I, don't, I don't know hey, what the that, Scottish Rebellion. What the hell? Well, Gibson uh, became king. Yeah. It shouldn't he? I didn't know that. And Danny Glover should have been there. He would have been all right, you know. But the other argument, though, is again. They're never the best picture. Black Klansman, though. Again, wasn't the best picture. Yeah, so I mean, he's sitting there going like, "Oh, I always lose out when someone else is driving." It's like, no, I think you would have lost out to Black Panther. Yeah, to be honest with you, like you I, was, I was expecting Black Panther to win before Black Klansman. I'm not saying Black Klansman was a bad movie. I, Black I, Panther was, wasn't going to win because that no, again wasn't a safe movie, and that wasn't even about race. Yeah, there no, was no, there was no. no statement of race except for except for Killmonger and his, right. and he was wrong. Like he was in, the, he was coded wrong, right. in the in the film. So there was it really had nothing to do with the controversy. The only controversy was that it was that movie existed in but the first it, place. It did win best costume. And a lot of yeah. people are wondering if that's enough. We'll ask no. that question and Fabian no. will answer that. <laughs> we don't have to cliffhanger that one. It's not enough. When we come back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Who do you want to connect with? Are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following? Welcome to our show. Follow, Follow Me Friday, Friday with Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're, We're your, your digital, digital connectors. connectors. Woo woo! <laughs> <laughs> Talking Alternative Radio. 24 hours a day. The thing that bothers me the most of all is people who say he was created to be a parody of Deathstroke. 
<laughs> Does Deadpool have a butler named Spearmint? No. Does Deathstroke have a butler named Wintergreen? Yes. If Deadpool was a parody of Deathstroke, <laughs> in <seeing>. my poor, <laughs> lack of skill fashion back in 1991, he would have had a butler named Spearmint, wouldn't he? Secrets of the Sire. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We talk comics, movies, TV, and pop culture every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc. I want to give a shout-out to our beloved patrons. Go to patreon.com slash secretsofthesire. Craig Caruso, Einar Peterson, Matt Byer, Ashley Haikai, Omar Morales, our program director, Stephanie Dolce, and as always, our Uber fan, Christina Dolce, uh, who's put two kids to bed right now. God bless her. Uh, we are talking Oscars. We are talking... Oscar hangover, um, you know, debating whether Green Book was the best movie, which I kind of agree with you, Fabian. There is, uh, I thought, I thought all the movies were a little lackluster, so that's why I kind of thought Black Panther was going to pull this one out. I really did. After a while, I was like, you know, I wonder if just people in general they invited, you know, a more diverse Academy. Uh, they've gotten younger mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. I was like, is this going to be? Is this going to be one of those little like sleeper hits where kind of it just it, it you know? You know, a sleeper hit is the highest grossing movie of yeah, but a, a sleeping Oscar hit. Sleeping Oscar w- hit. You wouldn't be able to call Titanic. It a sleeper Titanic hit. also. I mean, was was yeah, the they highest grossing. They didn't film call that. that a sleeper hit. No, because that was tracking to be the, the number one number one film. All right, the big question that I teased that Hassan answered already was is best is the best costume and uh, I no. think what was the other one that was uh I think yeah yeah something something like that as well too hair design or uh, or or costume or something was the um, uh, was the win um, yeah it did it did win three oh, we're almost there see I'm not doing a thing now we no, got it not, I hear it now now we go you just gotta you gotta yeah mm-hmm. that's right I, I made that <laughs> yeah, motion yeah, <laughs> been doing that since sixth grade <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't yes, know yes I think, I, think I think those three wins is more than enough yes I do I actually think I so, too. You want to know why sense. I think so? Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. No? <laughs> because it, it, the movie made over a billion dollars, and, but and isn't that what it, it entertained mil- hundreds of millions of people yeah, all over obvious. the world. So how many Oscars it wins in the bigger scheme of things doesn't yeah. matter. Obviously, Hollywood has learned that those movies are lucrative, and that's probably the only accomplishment it really needed to. But doesn't it always, like, isn't there just a giant chip on, on all of our fanboy shoulders to no, be like, not on the mine. stuff that, well, you're not a fanboy. You're, okay. you're, you're a creator. It's much different. Um, hmm. Except when you're a fanboy. The, uh, <laughs> the, except, um, for the fact that, except for the times it's not different. <laughs> <laughs> See, at the end of the day. Uh, no, so... Um, no, but seriously, like, we, there's this the ball, giant man. chip on, on a fanboy's shoulder that says, like, look, you know, it's almost like the anti-Bill Maher, no, right? No, because like, then there would have been controversy about that because everyone thought that uh, the Dark Knight or that Logan should have won and that Black Panther didn't deserve They were already talking, but there were there were hundreds and hundreds of articles and, and vids about how Black Panther doesn't deserve to win Best Picture sure. anyway. And it would just be, uh, like, but affirmative field, action But in deal. a field of really good movies, which I think all of the Best Pictures were, nominees were, right? They're all, like, really good movies. There wasn't like one stand, you know, standout like unbelievable. Like this should definitely win it. Kind of, kind of field. Like I think that I think people's my my own hopes were kind of up a little bit. And and, and there is a sense of like legitimacy if you could walk away with best picture because then it's almost like you've completed the uh, the Revenge of the Nerds uh, you know story arc, right? You become like you know you become the the big man on campus by the end of it, right? My attitude is is just a little more relaxed about it. I, <laughs> I honestly think it won what it deserved to win. Yeah, I, I thought that the 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 categories that it won in were were the categories where it was the best in. Yeah, uh, I, I thought it's production design. That's what production design. There we go. Um, costume design. That I thought those two things in that movie were head and shoulders above mm-hmm. pretty much anything else out okay. there last year. Um, so so I was glad that it won those. Um, I, I don't think it quote unquote deserved a best picture sure but I'm not a big fan of just about any of the movies that that's were nominated my, but that's for my best point. picture that's my point so, there so. wasn't there wasn't any film where I sat there going like 
well, that was clearly head and shoulders above this movie. If the category had been which movie did Fabian like the most, <laughs> then Isn't Black the Panther Oscars? would have won the Oscar. <laughs> that would have been my, my preference. <laughs> Hassan goes Roma. No. Uh, yeah, well. Just because it was everywhere and I haven't seen it, so it must be great. It must be a great movie because the, it, was, it, was, it was omnibiquitous. The, the highest honor, <laughs> though, of, of you know, if, if, you, if you rate the the uh, categories right you you rate what you know people people were actually the academy wanted to not even show you know four or five of those yeah. categories that they showed because they're like well nobody really cares yeah like then, oh cinematographer right. wasn't going to be broadcast right and, and, and then the academy me. was like well the, and george clooney's like well this is terrible that was what editing cinematography two of the most important things that right. go into making a movie right and they weren't going to show the award yeah, but nobody cares but from a telecast point of view i don't think anybody really cares because i don't think the average person even knows what a cinematographer does versus, doesn't matter versus all yeah you know but the honest truth is it, it, it they shouldn't care what the average person sure. cares about because the the average person isn't making a movie <laughs> sure no and, so. and that's and that's fair enough but i'm my, i guess what i was driving at though is that if you rate the ca- yeah, if you getting, rate you're the wind down here dude you're getting voted down oh i'm getting voted yeah, down you i didn't even he hasn't finished his my, point i didn't even actually we, cast yeah, we've vote. actually interrupted <laughs> right i didn't even so actually works. get that's see kinda, this is what ends up happening that's kind of what the job is essentially shoots me down before i even make a point yeah that's kind of i'm doing my job and then i'm kind of like but but dude i didn't even you know yeah it doesn't matter no you're wrong it's like you cut my you cut the brakes i haven't your question already my god so if we're rating the categories in terms of you know most important to least important, uh, I mean what they ended up winning for, and I'll say least important in terms of what people's interests are and what people would say are the most important, just from a from a subjective opinion, right? Uh, you know, winning you know best production design is is almost like well, it's like a JV award, you know, we want a varsity award, we want something big. Now, Into the Spider Verse did actually win. The highest honor it possibly could, right? I mean, best animated feature. Um, I guess it could. Yeah, why wasn't it nominated for best picture? I think technically, that's I not guess fair. It that could have been ghettoed into the animation <laughs> category. He said it. I didn't. <laughs> this, is, this is where I get it. What is that? Why? I'm just saying. I didn't say it. Is ghetto he's to, supposed he's to, to mean something it, to me? He's yes. trying to make it a yeah. black tan. Thing. Yeah, you yes. see what I'm saying. <laughs> It's, he turned it into an ethnicity thing. He does this all the time. That's I why did. I just leave him hanging like I that. Did. I know. <laughs> I know. And I see. I don't even have to work for it, Fabian. But I look. I look for him for <laughs> approval. Um, but a lot of people also are sitting there saying, "What exactly you said, right? Why can't it be Best Picture? Why is it still not quite?" It's an animated movie, you know. But at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> it could be still Best Picture. Um, but to me, I think that's one of the most important things. At the end of the day, Spider-Man won an Oscar, right? I mean, that's. At the end of the day, that's that's the, the only the Spider-Man movie to win an Oscar. Yeah, I just but I love I love walking out of there being like, yeah, Spider-Man won an Oscar. Like to me, there's there's something really like Why? amazing about that. The, uh, nobody, the, the Oscars don't matter. They do matter. If they, they didn't matter, matter. They, they would be the lowest rated thing on television. They only matter because we keep telling people like us keep telling everybody they matter. That's like that's and like talking s- about the Oscars over and over again. I didn't watch the Oscars, and I still have the benefit. Of having seen the Oscars because seconds after the Oscars aired, I got all the information I needed from a two-minute uh, article, and I saved myself the two hours it would have taken me to accumulate all that knowledge. But then on you my would own. have missed uh, Keenan Michael Keel floating in. No, I didn't miss it. You understand what I'm saying? So a clip <laughs> that's, of it. That's kind of what I'm later. saying. Yeah. I, feel, I feel the same way about Toy Fair now. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> or the same with the Super Bowl. Like if if you watch the ball the game, the yes, the ball game. Yeah, if you watch the ball game. Right and and you're you're in it literally just for the we commercials. spend our post Super Bowl episode. And he kept saying the ball the game, ball game. Yeah, yeah, because he won't stop saying at the end of the day. Yeah. So so revenge. Just revenge is a dish best served to Hassan. Um, <laughs> He's been working on five, that all week. Five se- Yeah, right. Five <laughs> seconds. After, I don't know if it worked because he should be wanting to serve revenge to someone else, sure. not have it served to him. No, oh. no, no. The revenge is getting it served to me. Having someone serve me my food is revenge. Is that like having your cake and eating it too? Exactly. Or eating my cake and having it too. <laughs> That's totally I'm already <laughs> bored of this conversation. What were you going to say? The Super Bowl is the same way. Like the yeah. commercials. I don't have to watch the Super Bowl to see the commercials. They're going to be in YouTube seconds later. Someone's going to put all of them in a block. Yeah, but the Super Bowl is so a great analogy for this, right? Like some of us actually like watching the game. I mean, at that's the end of the day, fine, but it doesn't. It like that's what I'm saying. It doesn't really matter. And then when you at the end of the the game, you, all they're doing is talking about the highlights of everything that everyone did wrong during the game or all the, the all the commercials that sucked, right? Yeah. So it's not even like it's a it's a viable part of a conversation. It's not even useful. 
The biggest thing I got out of the Oscars is that Chris Evans didn't let Regina King fall on her butt. That was very you know? nice. He's a yeah, really awesome. nice guy. That, that was, he is. That was very and Captain just, America yeah, of him. It's, it's, <laughs> And so it's almost <laughs> like a narrative. And he just happened to be there. He was like, surprise. It's, it's, he's always there when someone needs to be saved. It's amazing to me. All right. Well, we want to know what you guys think. Chime in on the comments feed. Uh, we definitely uh, we're on Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. I'm very curious what Brian Everham has to think. He's our, he's our super fan who will always comment, which I love. Dan Lawson sometimes will comment as well. We'll get some good feedback on that. Uh, real quick, Fabian, give me your, your, your roundup of the implications this has on the comic book universe uh, that we love. I don't think it has any implications as far as Marvel Cinematic Universe or or whatever Warner is doing. Um, I, I think it will have some implications on animation. Um, I, I think I think Spider Man's success qualitatively mm-hmm. uh, as much as quantitatively is, is going to have an effect that the studios will start to look at at more viable uh, you know opportunities for comic book based properties um or franchise extensions that sure maybe maybe disney will make a, a better animated marvel movie yeah. than, than their tv shows are sure. or, or things oh, like that DC or their home movies. video their their, their mm-hmm. netflix things i can see um that are just uh, atrocious but the, some of them are just absolutely horrible like some of the dc movies i've seen some of the some of them are good yeah and then there are others that they just cranked out you know and it's a viable market, and they're not taking advantage of it. But again, that's that's Warner. And listen, it was, it was <laughs> successful, but it wasn't so successful that they're going to think of it as printing money. Sure. I mean, it had a ninety million dollar budget. I think it made three hundred million globally. I think something right. like that. Mm-hmm. So that's not that's not a, a, sure. a an, an easy win monetarily. But they're very happy. I know they're everyone's happy about it qualitatively, right? Which right. drives studio heads to make choices about the things they do because they love to be patted on the back <laughs> for a job well done. Um, <laughs> Who well, does one? Who it, does it? Whenever it does happen. <laughs> Who does On it? the rare occasions when it actually happens. Hassan, are we ever seeing a comic book movie get nominated for Best Picture? Sure. In the next five years? Oh, man. You're going to narrow. Yes. Yes, because of the backlash from this year. You it'll, think so? it'll happen next year or the year after. Okay. You mean, wait, nominated or winning? Nominated. Okay. I, think, I just think nominated, period. Well, I we already had hard. that. I think, well, we've had that now, but I, I think it's going to be hard. I think it'll be hard to, to get another one I can't foresee another Marvel movie. In the short term. Being, yeah. being nominated. Unless it's, unless it's so standalone. Uh, you know, in a way, that was kind of the success of Black Panther, right? Is that it was, it was so standalone, you could go in there and watch it as, a, as, as its own movie, not necessarily connected to the rest of the Marvel, you know, Thanos storyline that they were building. Um, so I'm, I'm curious if they're going to even it'll come be, out with another it'll film. It'll be Captain that's, Marvel. They'll do it with Captain Marvel. No, Captain yeah. Marvel's not yeah. getting First Marvel. I think it'll be New Mutants. <laughs> <laughs> see, I could see, I would see New Mutants Whoa. get nominated before Captain Marvel. If it it'll ever be, comes It'll out. be Captain Marvel because it's if another it controversy. Out. It's a chance. It's another big uh, controversy movie. I, but I don't think Black Panther got nominated for Best Picture because it was a controversy. Broken. I think it got nominated because it was a really good movie. Okay. Right? <laughs> I don't remember a lot of controversy around, not that much around Black Panther. Um, and it blew any it blew it out of the water the second it came out because everybody said crap this is really effing good I better shut my mouth you yeah know? Um, yeah yeah so they tried I, it though the narrative was really strong yeah. for it, it when it when it started and then the and then the, they tried to resurge the controversy when it was getting nominated oh, as to okay. whether or not it was I use nominated. I use my dad as a litmus test because we go to see these movies together and and uh, he's not. You know, he has no knowledge of the comic book universe or he has no, you know, he has, he has bits of, he read Batman back in the fifties, you know, when he was a kid, you know, like that kind of thing. So there's no point of reference. So he'll walk out of there and go, boy, you know, he, he walked out of Spider-Verse saying, that's not what I expected. You know, I, I didn't think another Spider-Man movie was going to be good, but that was really good. And even Black Panther, he's like, he's like, boy, that, boy, that was just really good. You know, what I mean? and, and he, he, the look on his face is like, okay, that passes the average Joe litmus test mm-hmm. for me yeah. you know so all right when we come back we're gonna we're gonna resurrect a uh a, i guess it was a twitter feud that you were having because you know it's a blood feud why not when we come back <laughs> you're listening to the talking alternative network love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. 
Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you like comic books and movies? How about TV and pop culture? Then you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Michael Dolce, host of Secrets of the Sire. Joined every week by my co-host, Hassan, Lord of the Radio Godwin. Together, we have over 15 years' experience creating graphic novels, screenplays, and more. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Give me a vote, Bobby. What do you think? Steel or Nick Fury? I'm going... I, I love Steel growing up. And, All right. and, and I haven't seen it in almost like 15 years. But, you know, things were limited in the 90s. We didn't have many superhero movies to turn to. James Quarandango said, this is like asking which eye you want poked at. <laughs> Secrets of the Sire. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We talk comics, movies, TV, and pop culture every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc, and streaming live on facebook.com slash secrets of the sire. Being that we have one of the most prolific comic book writers in the business, uh, it'll be a joy to talk comics with you. But first, I I think the question I want to ask, and I I think I've actually (laughs) asked you this before uh, off the air, is what does it feel like to have, I mean, essentially you and Liefeld, not essentially. You, you and Rob Liefeld created Deadpool. You created X Force. You, you, you had a hand in sculpting a lot of, for better or for worse, the stuff that the average Joe goes to the movie theaters to see. How does that feel to see that up on screen and to see the reaction to a character like Deadpool from the general public for you? First, I want to qualify that when you say off air, you mean in real life? Okay. Correct. Yes. <laughs> right. No. No. There's, there's, <laughs> Fabian, there is only there is only on, on air, air and, and off air and off air. <laughs> I got I got to change this diaper off air. Our, our <laughs> off air conversations. Man, I really got to take a dump off it. air. <laughs> we'll I'm not like, make it to um, on air. Well, that I, you could do on air. That's okay. It um it, it, it's fine. It's cool. I like it. I like it. I like it if it's good a heck of a lot more than if it's bad. Yeah. So you know, I didn't like Wolverine Origins. That that made me sad. Yeah. For about five minutes. Yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> and then I was okay because I had no control over it. Sure. You know. Um. I I like the Deadpool movies because they're really good and they make a lot of money and and that's that's better. That's yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. good. Um. It's good for my brand. It helps me <laughs> at conventions and all that stuff. But it, it it's not. Um. It it, it doesn't change you know I, I was said like i went to the first movie premiere years ago you yeah, know yeah. and i still had to take the train home and when i got home i still had to walk the dog and the dog still took a dump and i still had to pick up the dump so what i was off air how did that <laughs> I, I had to pick up the dump off air how how did my life change in any significant way sure, sure. you know as a result of having gone to the premiere and gotten hugged by ryan reynolds i mean it, it, I, I i do i do Skeevy. put a lot of it in perspective it in no actually it was like hugging a cloud made out of I, I was going to say, I, I got to interview Ryan Reynolds years ago. I mean, he is... He is uh, he is a specimen. He is. Is, he, uh, is he silky? He's very silky. He is actually incredibly silky. <laughs> he's like one of those guys that that makes you hate yourself, except he's awesome. So you kind of you, you're you like don't. all right with him. Yeah, you're, like, you're all right. Him, you're like him being way better than like, you. You're just way better than me. It's cool, but you're not <laughs> like right. a dick about it. So I'm cool with that too. Yeah, so no, I, like, I got a story I tell, but I I usually need space to do it because it's a visual. But we, we were talking at the first <laughs> movie premiere off to the side. It was Ryan and me and Rob and, and Rob's wife joined a couple other people. Uh, he had just this is the first time he had met me and he had a few minutes before he had to do things um so so 
he gets tapped on the shoulder and they say he has to go do the press stuff. And he went from being normal, regular guy. I'll, I'll buy it really handsome and, and built like a rock and in a perfect suit. But as he walked away from us, you could actually see his body and his posture elevate and grow. <laughs> like he, he grew like two inches as he yeah. was walking in order to go see the press and all the cameras. And you could actually watch the transformation happen as he was walking away from you. It was actually in a, phenomenal because he's acting yeah. like a movie star yeah. you know um but when he was with us he was actually just talking like a regular guy yeah. it's uh it's funny because i i know him from nickelodeon when he was a he was a kid on nickelodeon he was a little fat kid on a nickelodeon, was he really? yeah, on, on a show called 15 oh wow that i used to watch when i was a kid so it was it's kind of funny to to watch him from there to like you know uh uh, what was that? Three three guys, a girl in a pizza shop. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah, yeah. And then into and and into like a superhero. You know, it's just kind of like wow, that's the, Van that's, Wilder that's was always that was that was the film that. But he's you know. you know what I like Ryan Reynolds a lot and I like his movies, but yeah. he's never really been anybody but Ryan. He's another one of those actors yes. who's always himself. Yeah. He's like yeah. Jack Nicholson, yeah. which yeah. is a good company yeah. to be in if you sure. it's good work if you can get it if you can get everybody keep paying you to be you. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um. But he, I mean, he, I, him and him and Deadpool was like a marriage made in heaven. Yeah. It really <laughs> yeah, was. It's, amazing, it's a perfect right? pairing. Yeah, because that that is his character. That's totally him. So it, it works perfectly for that. What, what were the What were the early Green days Lantern, like? I don't know. When you guys were, when you and Rob were creating these characters, like, I mean, was he? Because uh, obviously, you know, this is this is like 1989. We're not talking internet. 1991, yeah. uh, uh, Look, I got a nine to five job at Marvel. I'm commuting in from Jersey. I'm I'm already writing two books a month before I even get the scripting assignment on, yeah. on New Mutants. So it's a part of the whole for me. He's a freelancer living in California. Yeah. You know, d- doing his work from there. So. Most of it's on the phone or through fax, and I'm talking original (laughs) (laughs) rolled paper fax. That's how I got New Mutants '98. It was a rolled paper fax machine I had in my my townhouse. And that's what Um, he would do, though. He would send you the art, and then you'd have to just kind of. I would get the rough layouts, really rough layouts sometimes, really really rough layouts sometimes. (laughs) Um, And and I would and I would talk it through with him. Sometimes he had border notes for plot Uh plot information. I don't remember too many of the plots actually being written out, but they were written out on the side of the the border notes and then we talk it through and then I'd go script it. Yeah. Um it was it was um it, it I did it because it was gonna be easy money, I thought. <laughs> and and um and I was already writing two books a month and I thought it was gonna sell really well. I, I really liked his energy and his enthusiasm. Yeah. I thought it was gonna sell well, which meant I was gonna make nice royalty checks on it. Yeah. And I did. So it's all it was all good. But the the work process got harder and harder the later and later the book got, the more and more his interests were, were in developing image. And, right. I, and it's all understandable. This isn't a judgment or a criticism. He, he's, yeah. he's, he's a 22-year-old guy in the middle of <laughs> starting a brand new company sure. and creating an exodus of the top artists from Marvel to leave. Yeah. So he's got a lot on his plate, too. Yeah. I get that part of it. But at the end of the day, I'm working for Marvel. I still got to get a book out every single month. Sure. I don't want to have to get the pages out of order and those scripts all do the next day that's frustrating it's yeah. a frustrating working method he drew less and less all you got to do is look at the actual issues <laughs> by issue six he wasn't even drawing anything anymore sure. pretty much um and that got harder and harder because we had rob clones or we had multiple artists yeah. or multiple yeah. linkers it just became frustrating so when he Which left to a 12 year old boy you guys don't tell. get it but couldn't, no but, i couldn't tell i wouldn't i would yeah, you know I was, like years later you i was go a little and older like, and i was i was just getting to the point where i could start to tell that these art styles are kind of changing yeah. and these, you know or that certain books with with certain people in the masthead of a book it will be a certain kind of book yeah like i was just at that phase of starting to realize like wait a minute all these books that i really <laughs> right. like have this penciler guy yeah, yeah. with the same name <laughs> right so that's that's kind of where i was but yeah we were it was just on the cusp of that of the the Rob Liefeld, uh, Jim Lee, you yeah. know that 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 kind of circumstance and then all of a sudden they were all gone you yeah. know so yeah and then image so started you took over both books uh, you took over X Men and, and X Force. Yeah. Your X Force run, with but I Rick. wasn't even involved in X Men before that. No, it, it was mm-hmm. supposed to be John Byrne scripting right off of Jim and Wilson's plots. Right, um, and, and I was given X Force or X Men well, no, twelve and thirteen Lubdell? as inventory stories. Like Scott that was uncanny. Over. He took over scripting uncanny. He was talking about X Men. Yeah. Like, mm. I'm talking about adjective lists. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
gonna, I don't know. Gonna, if, gonna, I don't know how many issues of X Men Scott scripted because Byrne didn't. But at one point, Byrne Byrne was Byrne yes. refused to right. script an issue in like a day, right. and I don't blame him yeah. at all. He said no. And Bob came to my office, Bob Harris, the editor, came to my office, and it was like 6 o'clock, and he comes to my office, he goes, I need like an issue scripted. I don't think it was overnight, but it was close to Mm -hmm. it. And and I said, no, I can't do it. He's like, I really need you to do it. I was like, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. Part of me didn't want to do it, because I didn't want to be bailing Burnout, because I thought I should have gotten that assignment to begin with, and I didn't want to be bailing Jim and Wils out either. Um, And Scott Lobdell walked past my office door, my office, and we had glass walls, and he walked past, heading down to another editor's office, and I I look at Bob and Bob goes no and I look at him and I go yes and Bob goes no I go yes Scott's gonna do a good job and Bob's like just his shoulders just shrunk it was the anti Ryan Reynolds he just deflated and, and he had the pages in his arm too yeah, and, yeah. and he got up and he left my office and he went walking down the hall and he gave this issue to Scott yeah. Scott did an excellent job and he did the you know did, did the, the grunt work overnight or in two days yeah. or whatever and he got the assignment but when it came time to decide Bob sure. decided one guy gets one book I get the other book right Scott Ended up doing uncanny. Uncanny, and I ended yeah. up doing exactly right. Or the yeah. gold team, gold yeah. and and blue, right? Gold and blue. I don't they, remember the colors. Yeah, so you took, I mean, you took over X Men, and that's a daunting role. You had the whole Quanin uh, storyline with yeah, Psylocke too. Yeah, that was a mess. You that, know, trying you to know, clean the, things the, up. You know the funny story about that? The one bit of reference I needed was in the only issue of X Men I didn't have. And I, didn't, and, I, and I didn't know I didn't have it. So I predicated an entire story based on faulty referencing <laughs> because I was missing one issue. Which and issue was look, it? Look, I forget what number it was. Oh my God. But it was the issue that showed that showed her transforming from British Betsy to oh, Asian the, Betsy. Yeah. And I thought they never had shown that. So I decided that let's make <laughs> yeah, a story out of this. Sure. British Betsy's still around somewhere. Um, and it was the one issue I was missing and I didn't realize it. That's yeah. all. And and then someone point and someone pointed out to me afterwards. And I was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" I go back and I go to my ba- my basement to grab my collection, and I'm flipping through the numbers, and it's not there. And I'm like, "What my the favorites. hell?" It's and just, through the siege perilous or something like that. That was my least favorite storyline from you. Ooh. And 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 I got oh, honest it was with a you. cluster. The F. funny thing about it though is, <laughs> I say that because your X Force run with Greg Capullo is still one of my favorite runs of all time. It's one of so, the best runs run. ever in the history of comics. I actually know <laughs> in the history of X-Force, yes. And Greg Capullo, <laughs> Greg Capullo was like a treasure. He was a kind of, kind of th- you know that I know you of know like if, as a fan. He just kind of came out of if, nowhere if and look, was like... But he didn't, though. He, he actually worked his way oh, out no, to he, get that he, book. He busted his butt, he, but I mean, like for I didn't notice him until he was on X-Force. You yeah. know? And it was like, wow, this guy's... you know, And that's just after we had lost all these, you yeah. know. And it was, it, Greg Capullo was like, it was it was kind of a wonderful yeah. substitute. For you got to understand. The is not, none of the the higher ups in the office were worried about the whole image exodus. And a lot of people in editorial weren't that. Yeah, worried. you guys weren't yeah. upset. We weren't. We, we <laughs> knew what we had waiting. We knew that we had Joe Casada waiting to do X Factor. Sure. We knew that we had Greg on X Force. We knew we had Andy on X Men. We we weren't that worried. Yeah, I mean, and <laughs> that's, the, that's, the sales bore bore it out. I sure. mean, the sales that's were as baseball, good if not stronger. That's that's for the you know from the outside it but was like well, I'm here, here Hassan I'm here for inside baseball <laughs> or but as you call it that, ball yeah, game I'm here for inside, inside ball game, game. but you yeah. can't condemn me bo- for not having inside, been inside where did that inside the inside baseball reference even come from now 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 I I don't believe anything about you uh, <laughs> wait you believed anything about me before this here's the funny thing too about Greg Capullo's artwork real quick before we go to commercial too I mean if you look at it at the time it was really good but the look at the stuff he's doing now with Batman or that he was doing Batman and it's like some artists kind of like reach their peak and then it's it's not downhill but like I'll take I'll still take X-Men Jim Lee uh maybe Batman Jim Lee rivals that maybe um but for the most part I'll take his early X-Men work over any of the new stuff he does Greg Capullo actually just continues to get well, Greg, better Greg evolves his style yeah. uh, and even look at his Quasar before he did X-Force yeah. it's yeah. a very different drawing yeah. style um Jim Jim hasn't really varied his drawing style no. since he originally broke in he's and just he's gotten bored. he's gotten better at sure. drawing but he hasn't changed his style right and he's probably bored, you know, his, his style, yeah. you know, the style bores you after a while, you know, your, your, uh, your solutions for certain artistic problems just start to not excite you anymore. Yeah. Well, that sounds yeah. like inside baseball to me. Oh, uh, well. We'll get some more inside baseball <laughs> and we are going to be doing it. The great Cyclops debate coming up next. It's no debate. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. The 
best designs for your life start at home. I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and host of At Home. Listen live Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as we talk to the very best professionals about interior design and the design that's all around us right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com Now in theaters, Beauty and the Beast is out, and there's big, big controversy with two because of the supposed gay relationship that, that takes yes. place, you know, And I thought the, the real controversy would be about the bestiality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bestiality is not a problem. Oh, yeah, It's just yeah, homosexuality. Yeah. We don't like that. Like Having sex with a giant beast, that's, that's all right. <laughs> Secrets of the Sire. Throw his mop the hoople or something. I like. I like <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. Uh, thanks for ch- coming in here, Fabian. This My is a, pleasure. This is, a, this is a lot of fun. We actually uh, there's there's when so I'm, much we can unearth the next time. When I'm in the Upper West Side of Manhattan, I always <laughs> pop on by. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the idea. That's the thought. Uh, we are talking uh, Deadpool. We are talking X Force. We're talking the early days of, of X Men and everything uh, with Fabian Nicieza. But uh, I want I want you to to explain to the audience this great debate because there's was it was it between it's you and Gail Simone correct is this am I correct in the it's in, mostly Gail Simone and herself but that's besides the point all right <laughs> it's a Cyclops debate about his Force blasters whatever the heck so g- give us give us the skinny it's technically on that. not a debate because a debate connotes two sides of an issue <laughs> okay. um, there are not two sides to this <laughs> issue. there are two people um, arguing which is essentially the basis for our show <laughs> debate is a nice way to, to say argument Gail though. Simone is. Probably one of the sweetest, best trolls on the internet. (laughs) Okay, she purposefully trolls for fun, and she knows the easiest way to push people's buttons. But she's having, she's just having fun at all of our expenses. She just wouldn't stop making fun of Cyclops. And she has every legitimate right to make fun of Cyclops, although I guarantee you she knows almost nothing about Cyclops um, <laughs> and has probably read five excellent comics in her whole life. But I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> so I started to defend Cyclops. And then she you. had the nerve to to say that Cyclops has heat blasts. Ooh. When we all know that Cyclops, Cyclops blasts are force blasts force and blast. they come from an aperture that is eyes open and draw mm-hmm. energy from another dimension. I didn't create any of this guy. So <laughs> I mean, the, other, the other dimension stuff is really stupid, but that was like that was the, the mid-80s and Mark yeah. Grunwald going out of his way to try to create scientific rationales yeah, they for weren't things. they were laser eyes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it was force. And yes, you can find many 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 examples which right. gail tries to use to her advantage in this non-debate to tell <laughs> to show that people did it wrong in the comics and made it heat blasts but by the time roy thomas was writing x-men sure uh, it had already been established as force blast and it stayed force blast the rest of the way and all you got to do is read you know claremont and burns x-men and you see it described as concussive force blast <laughs> but how did he- so, how did he kill Mr. Sinister with it, though? That's interesting. Because he disintegrated Mr. Well, 
Theoretically, he disintegrated. Mr. Theoretically, Sanchez. he didn't. They said some of that was because of the genetic thing, similar to how Alex and Cyclops' powers don't, don't affect, affect each, each other. other don't yeah. ask me why. <laughs> there was something about Sinister's genetic makeup that had Summer's DNA in it that, uh, resulted that allowed in, him to be it, almost like a backlash to that. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. And all of that is crap we have to make up after the fact <laughs> yes. because the writer writing it at that particular time might have been Chris was yeah. going to solve it 50 issues later. <laughs> um, which goes back to the Quanon stuff because if Chris had done his damn subplots the way you're supposed to do your damn subplots, it wouldn't have been one panel every six months showing you the development of a subplot. It would have been every issue. Oh, I, yeah. I based my bit. entire comic book writing knowledge on Chris Claremont. Chris, Claremont. Chris's exactly subplots, would, would, they drove me nuts as an X-Men reader to the point where I me quit too. the book twice as a reader okay <laughs> just imagine what they made me feel like when I was an X-Men writer and I had to go back to find the reference I felt I, <laughs> you know? I loved it because I was sitting there going like I'm gonna do something with this no oh, it's not there are a couple of times and no. he just never like, did like not, he, he just do it and no. then it would come up like 30 issues later be like See, I told you. No, that's when, some, that's when his editor reminded him, the, you know, you never did anything. Whatever the reason. No, he didn't. He, probably not the editor. <laughs> <laughs> probably a fan letter to remind them. <laughs> All right, so we, we've, we, uh, we've talked to Gail Simone. She's going to come on the show at some point, and I'm going to have that's her. That's what she says. I'm going to have her. <laughs> She's a troll, well, this remember. Is, this is, She's uh, telling you what you want to hear. To be honest with you, actually, the entire reason of having you on is to, just to try to lure to, her to out. lure her in. <laughs> yeah. And then we're just well, going to invite both of you Gail on. Gail can come on the show, but she'll never, ever be able to establish her position on heat blasts <laughs> with the same level of dignity and <laughs> finesse with which I have established the force blast option. She's not as tan no as you No argument are. there. She's not as tan, no, she's definitely <laughs> as, tan as me. No. She's pretty much as Caucasian as you can get. <laughs> the, the beauty of this is that by having both of you on, Hassan and I just get a night off. And that's really what we're. Yeah, we just let you guys. Yeah, but we we would actually probably just like have fun and get along and be really. (laughs) Yeah, it would be the anti-show. It would be the show. It was the one we were talking about off air. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking about doing a nice show for a day. This this middling podcast is terrible. This is. They all agree. We'd be in the sidelines trying to trying to poke the bear. Lost it. Yeah. You're trying to literally you would have like long yeah. prods and you would yeah. be jabbing but us Sadie, to try to get us excited. Sadie, didn't you say something about her hair the last time? <laughs> what? Uh, All right, leave. we do this every week. We go spinning the racks. Spin the racks. Spin the racks. <laughs> that gets that gets everybody, which is the best. Uh, which is the best thing. One All mo- right, one moment of weakness in the. We're only going to have time for one, so I'm <laughs> squeezing this one in. Uh, R.I.P. DC Comics. This is from Cosmic Book News. Uh, oh, God. You're DC, gra- oh, my. All right. DC Comics continues to take a beating in the direct market. It has learned the company behind Batman. Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Justice League will be cutting their line. While rumors had it that DC would be cutting their line by more than half, the new 22, at the Comics Pro Retailer Summit. Uh, DC Comics' Dan DiDio confirmed they would be cutting their publishing numbers back by a further 10 to 15%. As he said, that's what DC believes the market can bear. All right. Number one, never go to cosmicbooknews.com <laughs> for anything ever. And the fact that you did and went on air with it is reprehensible to me. Okay? Part um, of the problem. Number two, when you cut your line back by 10 to 15% and you're putting it out 70 books a month, yeah. okay, that means you're cutting back 7 to 10 titles. That's not cutting the line in half or decimating the line or ceasing publication, <laughs> which is what their clickbait headline would want you to believe. It's it's a natural correction to where their sales are right yeah. now. And if their sales dictate that they got to put out less books, it's smart to put out less books. It's better for the retailers. It's better for the fans. What do you think is the future of comics, though, in general? I know it's it's a weird question because uh, we, we we ask these kind of questions and there's no, it, you know, it's all conjecture, but, you know, is the market strong right now? Is, is it? I don't is, think the market's that strong right now in the comic book shops. Right. They're doing a lot, all the companies are doing a lot of things that are Digital. selling them copies in bookstores, right. overseas internationally, things that the comic book reader in right. the U.S. knows nothing about See, and that's is what clueless I'm always, about. that's what I'm always curious about. Hassan and I talked about this article uh, also, and I'm like, I'm always curious what the digital sales are. I'm curious... You know, because the retailers, the shops are, yeah, shops are dwindling. There's like, you know, according to this article, like 1,900 shops in the, in the, 
you know, across the country or something where it used to be twenty two or twenty three hundred. But but uh, hobby shops across the board are going out of business. You know, right. like retail across the right. board yeah. is struggling. Right. So right. it's yeah. it's yeah exactly. So I mean, like any specialty shop, anytime anytime you're going to specialize on a particular right. retail item, if you don't have a particularly good year or season, you're going to go out of. I mean, you could just go out of business. It's not right. like even you have a dry spell. It means that you just cannot sell. You can't push any merchandise. You've overspent. You've overextended in buying the, you know, the 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 swag for the store in the first place, and you can't get rid of it. And then you're just going to go out of business. So I mean, you, I don't know if you can if you can hinge the industries the 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 viability of the entire industry on certain sellers sure. of the you know and how well they're doing because a lot of that has to do with. Uh, you know, uh, with the market, uh, with their presentation, with their location. I mean, a lot of that has to do with personal business decisions that the retailers made themselves. Sure. It has nothing the, to do with the industry. The, Marvel sold over 500,000 copies of Ms. Marvel trade paperbacks, okay? That's not really going to the comic book shops, right? right? Uh, Raina, I always mispronounce her last name, um, uh, starts with a T. She, she does a series of books uh, that sell in bookstores. Sure. She sold hundreds and hundreds of thousands of copies, okay. New York Times bestseller list. The comic book customer who goes to a direct market shop is, is going to be clueless about that. Yeah. They're going to be clueless that Marvel is publishing uh, content in in multiple countries in their languages and selling thousands and thousands of copies in South America, in, in sure. India, in, in Asia. Um, they, they don't know that. So the, the, the companies are starting to focus where they're going to make money. And quite honestly, that's not in the direct market as much right. anymore. I, I, I'm surprised I, it's lasted as long as it did. I mean, here's the thing that I, I thought was like shocking. Digital sales you shouldn't pay more than two dollars for a digital comic. You really shouldn't even you shouldn't, pay that. Yeah, yeah. You should pay ninety nine cents really for a digital, co- you know, digital comic. There's it's no like production. Music. There's no print. There's no there's, paper. Yeah. There's no distribution. There's no shipping. There's no, there's shipping, no, there's no, no cut to to a right. middleman or whatever. You right. Know? It's it's. I mean, it's direct to your consumer at that point. Um. But they but they placate to the they placate it to the retailers, which was a nice gesture. But ultimately a mistake. Yeah. Because it, it's in, it's hindered their ability to sell more digital copies. Right. Right. So I mean, it's 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 really. Fascinating. Is it, is it your phone? Nope. Are you ringing right now? Nope. Is that is that our is that our, is, is that, that the two minute warning on the ball game? That's, I think you know what? It, that's phone. a solicitation call because nobody's <laughs> going to call me. <laughs> well, Fabian, you're welcome anytime. Thank you very much. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna dig stuff up. I'm always gonna dig stuff up because I just want you to take over the show in this way. We don't have to do any work. All right, just challenge Gail to show up. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. I, I just did. challenge oh. Gail to show up. Oh, I did. Uh, <laughs> next no, just week, now, just now, I just did. Next week, we're going to welcome uh, someone you know, okay, Mr. Jeff Gomez. Yeah, been making his uh, his should fourth bring him appearance. back too. Should have both of them. Oh, have them debate. So you know, don't put me on with Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> don't put me on with Jeff. We're previewing Captain Marvel. <laughs> It'll turn into a fist fight. <laughs> this has been Secrets of the Sire. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Do you like comic books and movies? How about TV and pop culture? Then you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Michael Dolce, host of Secrets of the Sire. Joined every week by my co-host, Hassan, Lord of the Radio Godwin. Together, we have over 15 years' experience creating graphic novels, screenplays, and more. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc.
The best designs for your life start at home. I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and host of At Home. Listen live Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as we talk to the very best professionals about interior design and the design that's all around us right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network, 